Welcome to Insurance Happy Hour. This is Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. How you been this week? Been a busy week. Yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a common theme these days is that everybody's just really, really busy. I don't know when I have a non-busy week. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's made me kind of like look at how, you know, technology and everything was supposed to actually make our jobs easier. And it seems like it's just allowed us to do more work. Right. And, you know, I'm glad that the economy is doing fantastic and that there's lots of work to be done and and all that other than us paper pushers half the time. But uh, it seems like technology is just not bringing the the value sometimes. (laughs) It's like, where where, where is this, you know, I'm going to be able to do everything from the beach and, you know, nobody knows where I am because I'm on the beach. It's it's a bunch of traveling. It's a bunch of, you know, I got to go here, got to go there, got to get this meeting, got this going on. Just like, it seems like there's a lot of busy going on. Well, I was actually talking to some the other day about how I really needed to take a vacation because I haven't really taken a vacation, <laughs> like a true vacation, um, in almost two years. So not too long, but still just, you know, a break would be nice. And, and she was saying she needed a vacation too. And let's just go to Mexico. And I was like, you know, we could probably just take our laptops and work from Mexico and no one would know the difference. Well, hopefully we get a new phone system that has the soft phones. It's like, then it's like, you don't, you don't know, know where I am. Exactly. You call me, call me at my desk and it rings on my cell phone in Nebraska. Yep. Why I'm in Nebraska, don't ask. <laughs> I was looking – I got lost. I, I turned right at Albuquerque. You went in the wrong direction. Yeah, I was, I was in the wrong, wrong direction of why I was in Nebraska. But <clears> – <throat> But it, it got me kind of thinking about agencies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were definitely very positive on insurance agents in this uh, discussion and what we talk about. But I want to talk about the fact that some agents are just flipping lazy. Oh, all right. All right. So taking I'm, the gloves I'm, off. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit taking the gloves off, jumping right in on this one, is that I've been really – talking to a lot of agencies and in the best way that you get to understand your customers is go out and talk to them. Right. Yep. And so I talk to agencies and carriers all the time and I hear agents all the time say, I wish it made, it was easier for my customers to work with the carriers, with my carriers. <clears throat> and I'm like, you know what? Are, is that really what you want? Do you want that? Do you want it to easier so that there's so many self-service options with that carrier that they don't need you anymore? And that whenever it's always like, well, why don't you go handle that directly? Why don't you go pay your claim? Why don't you go file the claim there? Why don't you do a payment? Whatever it is, it's always direct. And I'm like, isn't that kind of what an agent's job is? Mm. And so, you know, that's where I ask about where technology is like should be making our life easier is that – where is you know do you have any thoughts of like where we're missing the boat on being able to enable agents to really focus on the relationship part because i think that's being lost i really do we talk a lot about bringing value and all that but then i talk to agencies and either they're way too busy because they're understaffed or they don't have the right processes in place or they're an agency that's like oh i sold a policy today i'm going to go ahead and take the day off it just it's really befuddling. <laughs> been, been really trying to figure out the right word on that. I, I consternated on that one. Like my face contorted <laughs> to figure that one out. But, you know, it, it just it, – are agents lazy or is it the technology is not right for them? Or have people forgotten that customer service is what has built this industry forever? Well, I mean I think it's a little of all of the above. 
Right. And and again, it also varies agency for agency. Some agents are, you know, they don't want to do anything. You have your absentee owners who spend maybe a week a month in the office and every other day of the month or you can't find them. You can't get a hold of them. They're just not there. And we encounter that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're listening is that, you know, a, you know, business owners will say, yeah, give me a call on this date and time and all that. And then you can't get them for the next three months. I'm like, you told me to call you and I'm following up and reaching out to you. And I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not the salesperson. So right. it's usually if I'm calling, there's, you know, either something going on or some suggestion or something that I can help out on. It just, or, I mean, but even for the sales team, right? Like this, an agent will show interest in a product, want to learn more and say, yeah, I'd like to see the product. So we, we schedule a time to show them and they don't show up. Yeah. And, you know, but then you call, you call and they're like, oh, they're not here today. They're not. And, you know, that's what seems to be lost is that I want to put a big like I want to sit there and put signs on every person's phone at every single one of our agencies that says, pick me up. I make you money, you know, <laughs> talking to customers, engaging. And, you know, I, I love email marketing. I love you know, web and blog and podcasts and videos and all these interactions. But whatever happened to picking up the damn phone and calling somebody and just saying, hey, I just wanted to thank you for being a customer. Right. Well, you know, emails are so easy to ignore. It's harder to ignore a phone call that and also I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> Spam calls are getting really serious I know. these days. I know. I, I can tell when those are coming. Um, but, you know, email when all you're doing is communicating via email or text that prolongs the time it takes to come to a resolution on whatever it is, problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Whereas just picking up the phone and calling often cuts that time in half, if not more. Yeah. The, the, the whole text message thing, uh, the, the thread, like going back and forth, back and forth or chatting with a bot or chatting online, you know, uh, we might be like signaling old age. I was going to say, I think I think we're getting close to get off my lawn <laughs> territory. But, but the thing is, is that I've gone back and forth and I'm like, shit. Yeah. What time are we meeting there? Okay. What time? You'll be there there. Where are you going to be at? All right. What are you wearing? All right. That sounds good. All right. You know, I'll be there. Good. Yes. Okay. Well, you would like to do that later? Oh, perfect. Thanks. Fantastic. Boom. Done. Yeah. Now, it might also be um, – you might be too young for this, but I was one of the first kids in my world to have a cell phone. And I'm talking I big. had a car phone. Oh, okay. I didn't have like a cell phone, but I had a, a phone in a bag that yeah. you could – had a handle that you could just like carry. Then, then, then you're the right car. on it because I, I had that brick, that Motorola brick. The, the From beige, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, the beige <laughs> brick. Morris phone. Exactly. And the thing was, it was that um, it was first minute free. Mm. So I got so you, you really, timed it. <laughs> I got really good at doing. I mean, I would have one minute phone calls. <laughs> it's like shit. It, it, oh wait, I got to call you right back. Hang on, I finish this up. So instead of 140 characters like a tweet, I had to do it in 60, 60 seconds. seconds. That's awesome. So, um, but. You know, it's picking up the phone call. It's sending a personalized note. And, you know, there's a lot of technologies out there like rocket referrals that will sit there and put it past a handwritten, looks like a handwritten note. Sometimes it's just pass a damn handwritten note. Right. Say thank you. I mean, you could literally thank you. Done. You and- know, um, I made my five-year-old write thank you notes this year for all of her <laughs> Christmas gifts because that is a lost art, mm-hmm. right? 
It is a lost art. Shit, sending Christmas cards is about a lost art at this point. That's true. I did cut out a lot of people out of my I Christmas know, I saw list. that you did that. My question is, did I make the cut or am I a cursory? Am I a cursory has to be included by... Okay. So, side tangent real quick. Um, I, I have this rule that um, if I don't get a Christmas card from you in three years, you get off my list. But 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 there, I do make exceptions. It's not a hard and fast rule. There are people that I just cannot remove mm-hmm. because if I removed them and they found out I sent out Christmas cards and they didn't get them, I would be in so much trouble. <laughs> and then there are people I don't want to remove that I, I still want them to get my Christmas cards every year. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but if if you don't fall into either one of those categories and you don't send me a Christmas card three years in a row, you're gone. See, I think I'm in the obligation pool. <laughs> but no, I, I was like, oh crap! <laughs> I, I got sliced and diced on that one. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, but but <clears throat> handwritten notes are a lost art. Not enough people do them, and certainly in situations where you would, I tend to expect it, and I don't get one. It's kind of like what, what? Yeah. How? How? What? I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, I think it's. You know, because it's it's so much easier. I mean, I remember uh, on you know Christmas or Thanksgiving or Fourth of July or whatever, I would get a ton of you know phone calls. I'd make phone calls telling everybody, "Hey, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Fourth of July, all that type of stuff." And it, you know, they took forever because then each one was five ten minutes of catching up and then seeing Sarinara. Um, now it's like text message, and even even more so is people are now doing group text messages like "Merry Christmas." And I'm like. Oh, I did notice you didn't respond to that until like the next day. <laughs> it was just being a little bit of a Grinch. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally a Grinch this year. I, I admit it, I was a Grinch this year. I was, I was, we talked last week about me being a, a New Year's bitch. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was not. Into, You've just been cranky. I, I know. And, and, you know have, you, have you checked your closet or is it just full of cranky pants that you need? <laughs> Switch it out by your five year old. It's like you got your pinky pants on. <laughs> no, I've I've actually you know maybe maybe I've done some laundry. Maybe I'm starting to get out of my little funk. But I, I think that uh, I'm I'm coming around. Even though that I started this episode bitching about how lazy agents are. <laughs> um, but you know I I bring that up. I bring out the whole lazy lazy agents because I see it all the time. The absentee, the not picking up the phone, not following up on leads. And, you know, everyone, every business is a lead organization. They're a sales organization driven to sell something. And so we, you know, as an industry need to make sure that we continue to work that because the less and less, you know, we'll we'll talk about this soon. There's an article that I'm almost done writing. Yes, I really, one of my old classic you haven't written an article in years. I know. Well, this is this is one of my real thought leadership pieces that, All right. that I'm that I'm dusting off my you know thinking cap on. But um, y- you know, if if this industry starts to um, really just seed itself to direct riders or carriers that want to go direct or online lead aggregators or just flat out call centers, you know, um, what will happen is exactly what happened in. In Europe is that, you know, they just regulated the market in a way that allows anybody to buy insurance at any time, discounts, all of these types of things. And um, traditional agents, as we know, it will go away. Yeah. 
you talked a little bit about that last week, I think. Yeah. And so, you know, let's, let's stop being lazy, you know, and, um, I'm not going to name names here, but, um, you know, my company does not have a small insurance policy. Let's just leave it at that. It's Mm. a, it's a very high price tag, um, policy. Like a lot of people would love to have our policy. And, um, you know, uh, we were given a referral to actually reach out and say, Hey, this company, this agency would, you know, really like your, you know, like to, to, you know, quote your business. And, uh, that agency did not reply to us over a six week period. What? Yep. What? Including a follow-up. And then finally, it got to a point where there was a follow-up that it was just like, listen, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep our current broker, all these types of things. You know, we just wanted, it was a referral from someone that matters to us and we, we wanted to give it a shot. And the person comes like, oh, I'm so sorry, I missed it and all that. But, you know, that's just not the way, you know, a lost lead is just crap. What? That, uh, that boggles my mind. It does. And, you know, I was on, I followed up like, hey, we might want to talk about your lead lead tracking software. Let's, we might be able to help you on that. (laughs) Turn it into a sales opportunity. I like it. (laughs) If you're not going to sell me, I'm going to sell you. (laughs) So, but, you know, with all that, you know, there's a lot of players out there that are looking to, um, you know, really get into the space and, and displace agents and displace insurance people. And, you know, that's really the, the purposes of the, um, insure tech movement. But, you know, it, it's, it's, they're vying for it and yeah. agents need to, they need to make sure that they're protecting themselves. Yeah. Well, you, you bring up insure tech, which is actually plays right into what I have to discuss today. Um, there was, well, a, an original one article, and it was split into four pieces um, on CarrierManagement.com, our friends over at Insurance Journal's carrier-focused website. Um, Isn't Kelly now running that? Or the editor? I don't know who's running it. Yeah, I think it's Kelly. Um, anyway, so the, the piece of it that I wanted, I wanted to talk about is this part where they focused on Root. Okay. What's, um, what, they, they had an article. They had, yeah, so they they looked at the these these two authors analyzed the statutory financials of three insure techs, and this one piece is on root because they had the worst loss ratio of the three insure techs they looked at for the third quarter of mm. last year. I think I saw the the, the headline for this article. Um, it was a it was a clickbait worthy. It was it was a good one <laughs> if I remember correctly. It was like the what was it again? It root of the problem why one insure text loss ratio still disappoint. Yeah, the quote unquote root of the problem. Okay, I, that's classy. All right, so you send this over to me here. All right. Yeah. So their loss ratio for the third quarter was one twenty eight. Well, you know, I, I don't know where Lemonades is at for the third quarter, but it last year is reported in the 130s, so at least this is better. And I think this is better than it's been. 128 is better than it's been. Yeah, I think it has been. Because um, I think it was in the, I think it was up in the, in the like two three hundreds or something. Right. But we talked a little bit about that, and it's really, it's really easy to build a book. Excuse me. Build a book of business. Right. You just offer cheap insurance, and when you don't have enough, uh, whenever they the person that has a claim didn't pay enough money into it, 
that's your loss ratio. It's right. like, so, um, you know, it's easy to really build cheap. I mean, you can build a book, a business run really quick and build it up and have lots of, lots of, uh, policies, but the amount of money coming in doesn't cover your losses. And that's where your loss ratio is. So where this effectively says is that it's a 128 gross loss and loss adjustment ratio, which means that for every dollar that they got in, they paid out a dollar 28. Right. So. Which is high. So Correct. your best loss ratios are, what do you see in the industry? Well, you know, the best are sub one. Right. I mean, that, that that's going to be the easy one. But also large corporations like State Farm and Allstate, they can run with 104, 105, even up to 110 loss ratios because their money that they have in the bank is actually, you know, the, the interest or their other – there are uh, other investments. Like a lot of uh, insurance companies are investing in insure tech. They're like, they want a piece of it because it's part of the segment. It's a great place for them to put their money. They're not putting it in public stocks. They're not putting it in bonds. They, they have a little bit more control. They understand the industry. And so, uh, you know, if your investments are making 10%, then you can cover it. Right. And so, you know, but if you're, if you're a startup, I mean, you, that, that you can't sustain on that. No. Which is why I think we talked about last week um, when we talked about convenience in the insurance process, the the example that was quoted was Root. Yep. Because they sold a policy based on a cheap price and convenience. It was a convenient way to buy insurance. And then they couldn't sustain it, so they raised the rates because the cost of insurance went up and lost a customer because of that. Mm-hmm. So read, reading here, it uh, reading into this, it, it talks about how, you know, the, the first thing that you do, and this is any business that you're looking to do it is, first of all, control your claims. That's that's one thing I don't, I don't know. There, but the second thing is to raise your rates, right. you know, get, get more money in. And they're talking about, you know, raising the rates, files increases from 5.5% to 34%. That's huge. That's a huge one. And the, the highest is in Texas where filing is pending and where root now writes one third of its premium the indication in texas was plus 200 percent yeah okay and you know that's an indication to the overall indicated but you know that's that's massive yeah that's that's where it's wrong and that's where you know that's where first of all they need to understand that there are really good people that understand the insurance industry like i i'm i'm friends with a a, a you know, CEO of a, of a carrier and they run really well. Mm -hmm. They, they analyze the market. They know exactly. They say, I only want this. And they understand that risk and, and understanding the market. Cause in the, in the end, we're all just selling insurance. And what Root was doing is, first of all, they were putting a lot of money into advertising. Shoot. I, I went to their website once and, you know, all of a sudden my browser was renamed the Root browser because every <laughs> ad you know, was, was Root. But, you know, they, I, I went and looked and got a quote and it was pretty good rate, but, you know, I was happy with where I'm at right now. And so that, that's, that's insane that they're looking at that much of an increase. And that's really, you know, in fact, that, that increase is probably artificially high Yeah, because they're making up because, you know, they got, they got to make that up. They got to start making money. And that's that swing that really can kill a company. Is that if your rate had been, you know, two or 3% low and you just had to bring it up 4% to offset. So, mm -hmm. you know, do that, that offset, you know, that that's palatable. 
But whenever your rate was 34% off, you know, you really have to go significantly higher on that so that you can offset your losses that you've had already. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see that with that huge swing of um, increasing their rates, whether they actually will be able to continue growth because to like what we talked about last week is people are shopping on price. Yeah. And, and you know what, that what happens is you have a low rate, man, you're going to blow up. I mean, it's saying here that uh, root recently put up a blog post claiming to be up to 52% cheaper across States. Well, it's, it's whenever you're comparing yourself and you know, they, they should have, here's, here's how I would have looked is that there had to be a gut check moment. Right. And everybody needs to do the gut check is that you go out there and you go research a company and you say, listen, State Farm is running at 105 loss ratio. Okay. They're a bigger company. They have higher claims, all these types of things. They might be less aggressive on claims. So they pay it out, whatever it is. I'm just using an example. I don't know if State Farm's got a 105. But what happens is you need to look at your rate and gut check your rate. And you go, wait a minute, they're running at 105. And so my price is 50% lower. And then you're going, well, how does that compute? If I have the exact same claims as they do, which generally with people running, you know, really you hear of people running loss ratios from 90 to 110. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, generally you are paying out every dollar you make type of thing. Right. And so they had to, they should have gut checked this and go, why is everybody else in the industry so much higher than ours? And, you know, I, I can see, you know, viewing down that there's a couple things that I think that they were trying to get away with by, and this is where Lemonade comes in and others where they sit there and they are trying to um, use technology, overuse technology for claims processing, for predictive analysis. And, you know, they'll put a whole bunch of numbers and the numbers will tell you one thing, but that model is not trained with 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 years of information about how drivers work. And until it does, it probably can't tell you the real answer. Yeah. You know, um, I was speaking to someone and we were talking about how horrible it is that, you know, really (laughs) – there's gender discrimination in insurance. Yeah. I read an article about that. Well, I'm, you know, I'm talking about why do men pay more than women? They're assumed to be a more aggressive driver. Exactly. Now, now you drop in. What, what happens whenever you get into a non-binary situation where maybe someone's transgender, uh, you know, says, says male, says female or something like that, that, you know, well, I identify as a female, but I'm currently transitioned. I still have testosterone. I still have, you know, I'm still going through the process well, or that's whatever. Why California has the gender X rule well, now, right? Well, that, that's what non-binary is. Right. But how do you, how do you actually do that? What, what does non-binary mean? Is it, you know, because the factors, if I was a guy and I, I transitioned to a girl and, you know, I'm still the, you know, mentally kind of the same driver, you know, if I was an aggressive driver before or I wasn't, you know, that's going to carry over. And if men are more predisposed because of what, what makes men more aggressive drivers? I mean, physiology, physiology, physiologically. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, tongue tied, but (laughs) could it be testosterone? 
I mean, is that what makes men more aggressive? But if you're a female and you're transitioning to a male and you start getting trans, um, testosterone, then you can say, well, technically that's gender X and is it a male or female dominance? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate that we have to have that discrimination because it's just so wrong to be actually having to put someone in that bucket. It's like using a credit score to tell you how good of a driver you are. It's not. It's not really a good thing. And, you know, that's the next thing that they're talking about is that, you know, Root is really using the telematic data from smartphones and drivers and all that. But in the end, you can't modify that rate fast enough in real time for someone being a bad driver before they have an accident. Yeah. And you sit there and say, hey, you know, you drove really well that first month. We're going to set your rate on this. And then the person, of course, when they're getting tracked and they know they're getting tracked for that first month, they're going to drive really nice and they're going to be really good and they're going to lay off the pedal. But then all of a sudden, boom, they get an accident day, you know, you know, 130. Right. And it just doesn't pay out. So, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's just interesting that they had this try it before you buy it model. Well, that, that's that's that app learning, right? Is that yeah? You, whenever you know you're being tracked and you have a score, like my car, it has a little game on it. It's like okay, it's got three categories. One is how well you allow the car to coast, which means don't slam on your brakes. Right. the The next one is how well do you keep the car level driving in the sense of like not you know not fast slow fast slow it's like keeping a constant speed and then the third is like how aggressively do you accelerate so each category like builds up and then whenever it all of a sudden you get all categories filled up it like glows on your panel it's and it's totally gamified <laughs> it is but people but those apps do that and they they gamify it and so they're like going okay um, well, you know. to their detriment, yeah. right? Because they're encouraging people to try to to have a good driving test so that they get a low rate when they're really not that good of a driver. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting claims and have a claim rate or uh, loss ratio in the almost one thirties. Yeah. And then, uh, all right. Well, the next thing they talk about is uh, the Me Too is harder than it looks. Well, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, everybody tries to do a Me Too, a progressive. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of new carriers are definitely jumping in going, hey, we want to do a Me Too, a progressive. But progressive has built very complex models and they have different and they don't have to divulge everything. Right. And then also, you know, the, the next thing that it talks about is like moving from ISO vehicle symbols to factors assigned directly by the VIN. And correcting for double discounting, double surcharging, that's just lack of industry knowledge showing through. Right. Is, you know, um, not not having the right, not doing it the way the rest of the industry does it, thinking that you are better than that is is part of what's going on here. Yeah. Ooh, the next one. Then the claims difficulty. There you go. Yeah. Why don't you read that one? Yeah. So um, – <clears throat> You know, as, as we have talked about, that startups don't – they're more focused on gaining customers than they are on the claims process and, and infrastructure that they need. Um, and that that can be the most difficult part, right? Because that's that's where your loss ratio comes in. Um, so what they said is that it appears that Root is now taking more claims activity in-house instead of using a TPA. Okay. Um. Which a lot of times are 
other agencies right. <laughs> that are that are agencies that know how to do it themselves. Right. But again, that that's where they, you know, controlling your claims. Right. And, you know, they, they had claimed to have an easy claims experience, but all of their complaints have been around the claims experience. <laughs> again, again, a lack of industry no, knowledge. Right. Lack of industry's knowledge, not focusing at all on the claims structure, infrastructure or process until they're faced with claims. And now as a result, they're, they're having to raise rates and, and you know, have a, a high loss ratio. Yeah. Now, and this is – this is an experience. Yeah. I mean, you see this with any carrier out there. You, you have a carrier that comes into a market. They have really great rates. They meet to a product that has been around for you know two or three years. That product has had ups and downs. They've they've moved past shock losses. And for for you know people don't know this, like you know you sit there and you you only have a small book of business and you're not able to you know get past you you can't the 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 barrel of the money that you're putting. In. <laughs> I thought you were going to say barrel of monkeys. It's, it's, it's par for this week. I cannot <laughs> think at this time. <laughs> All right, let's just take it. Let's, let's stop using, you know, the other words. Let's just say, okay, so you have your claim or you have your money. It comes in, gets sits in your bank account, but the bank account's not big enough to cover your claims. And then you're running really high. And then that's, yeah, that's a shock loss. And then, but the way you move past that is by having two, three years of history and being able to make sure that you can weather those ups and downs and they're not able to do that. And so, you know, jumping in with a me too program is dangerous. Right. And you see carriers in, it's not just root that's done this wrong or lemonade that done that has done this wrong. It's lots of carriers come in there and they blow the doors out. They get lots of business and then the claims start coming in. And, you know, a lot of them control those claims by denying a lot of claims. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, they, they end this piece of, of their article by, leaving kind of a question that remains to be answered. Okay. Ask me the question. Okay. I'll ask you the question. Is Root's growth simply the result of selling something far too cheaply or are they quietly experimenting their way to becoming the next progressive? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm not answering that question. I I think I know your feelings on that based on what we've already discussed. (laughs) Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Well, that that uh, you know, usually I, I like good quality reading. After reading that whole article, yeah, and I did miss that question. Um, yeah, no, they they sold their product too cheaply. Yeah, and, I would agree with that. I mean, they they may they may want to become the next progressive. They may be trying to, but I I don't know that that will be what we see happen. I tell people all the time: follow progressive. Don't me to them, but follow them. Yeah. Understand what they're good at. And what they're good at is data analytics. They yes. have teams of people that are looking at everything on a regular basis to better understand the market. And they are always doing A-B testing. And, and I'm not even talking about their rates. They do it at trade shows. They do it on mailings. I've gotten the same mailing from Progressive at two email addresses that I have on my account and they're different, but they came at the same time and they're always analyzing what works best. And we can do that as any of our businesses and from agencies to vendors to carriers, whatnot, we can always look at what makes, 
you know, what is better? We're always improving. Better every day. So Right. <laughs> Ta-da! <Woo>! 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know you were watching the clock that closely. No, no. You ready to get out of here and go for the weekend? No, no. I, I don't know. This this weekend, I don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, I, 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 I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to be working. <laughs> Uh, I've been I've been better of like you know shedding some responsibilities, but there's some stuff that is still on my plate. Well, and I, and I'm not shedding them in in you know going golfing. It's it's I'm replacing them with others. Well, you don't need to be doing those things, correct? And so I I have three projects and that I that I started the week with. I am down to two. So in their major projects, so I got one of them done. And well, they're also important, not just I mean. Yeah, pretty significant. <laughs> I think I think so. I like it. I thought it was good. Yeah, it made my day. Yeah. But uh, what about you? I have a confession. Oh no! What? My Christmas stuff is still up in my house. <laughs> so I'm probably going to be spending the weekend putting it away. It uh, it's 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 been really crazy, and I did not have time last weekend to do it. My I had I had to go take care of. Um, getting my hair chopped off because I had way too long of a hair <laughs> and I needed, I needed it cleaned up really bad. Um, so I had to take care of that. And then my sister came over and then Sunday my husband was sick. So I had to spend, you know, the day taking care of the kids and not really being able to focus on anything else. Real tree or artificial? Artificial. Mm. Um, I mean, we did take down our, our decorations outside because otherwise we'd be getting a letter from our HOA about now saying you need to take down. <laughs> Why I will never be in an HOA. Um, but all the inside stuff is still up. So the luckily the boxes have come down from the attic. So now I just need to go through it's the process my, of putting it away. Well, it's uh, I, I saw someone's Christmas tree, the fake one, on the street, and it still had uh, ornaments on. It. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm like, someone got ticked off. Someone said, "I'm tired of this damn tree being up." And no, it's more probably like, "I'm tired about this tree not being picked up." You took it outside. Okay. <laughs> so done in a total ogre fashion. Yeah, so that's what I'll be doing this weekend. Well, you know, we're actually starting to get people listening to this thing. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I know. Why would, why would, I, you know, I do listen to uh, episodes occasionally. I was like, ah, why would I listen? I was there. <laughs> I, was, I was there. And like, what, what value do I bring? And, you know, but yeah, people, people are. So, so there are a few episodes that if I'm having a hard day, I will go and listen to a specific piece of them because it always makes me laugh. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're still we're still building that uh, that supercut of uh, all the things that have been cut. <laughs> we'll have to put there will be a, an R rating on those. <laughs> those may become the lost files that we don't release. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, we did have to start this episode and within 20 seconds. I had already lost it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new record, I think. Yeah. It's like, I was like, no, 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 we got to stop. We got to stop. And then I stopped it and I told you what I was going to say. And you're like, yep, yep, yep. We, we're, we're good on that. Well, all right. Well, I guess it's time to get out of here. So let's uh, wrap it all up with the. Uh, yeah, dear listeners, we'll put a, a link to the root article in the show notes on insurancehappyhour.com. Um, but what do you think? Um, do you do, do you see this in the industry that you know 
Do you think there is a root to the problem? <laughs> it is up on Twitter. I'm Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. Or you can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. And if you are not already, please subscribe. Take your take your phone. Go to your podcast app. We're pretty much in all, any of them. Search for insurance happy hour and hit that subscribe button. I mean, I'm trying to come up with other things like, you know, what is the square root of Root's problem? <laughs> I, I really shouldn't be doing this on a Friday. We, we should. We, He's checked out. We, we should do this. We should do this on, you know, like Mondays at noon. And <laughs> I'm not even drinking. I'm just like. I know. I know. We got to do this uh, live again. That, those are fun. But we. We actually need to go to a bar, like find some bar that would allow us to hang out and do this and, you know, get, get people to actually show up and have them jump on the mic. Yeah. We need guests though. Do we have a third mic? Yeah, we do. Because it's difficult when we share a mic. (laughs) (laughs) Move out of the way. And then you get mad because I chew gum. Mm. That's what that means. (laughs) I about killed you. So why do do you not like uh, gum chewing? Uh, I... The sound. I don't like to hear people chew. Stop. 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 <laughs> Heather, if you're listening, I'm sorry. If you're listening. I don't know if she listens. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to get out of here. Yes. But uh, as always, it's been fun. And Thanks for listening. another question for you oh goodness why the hell do kids sit around and watch people play video games how is pewdiepie a fucking thing i don't know i that that doesn't i kind of get that a little bit um but what i don't get is the unboxing videos uh, yeah it's like in you know 20 minutes to show me how to unbox an iphone like, not, not the iPhone. There's some kid out there who gets millions of dollars for unboxing toys. Oh, oh, that the young kid. That, yeah. yeah, he's and, like seven. Yeah, and yeah he made twenty million earner. last year. He's, he's the top earner. Yeah, Dude Perfect's like the second top earner or something like that. I don't those even guys, know who Dude Perfect guys. is. I know. I think I just shocked Laird. <laughs> he's speechless for once. <laughs>